You're listening to the Social Media Addicts Podcast on the phillytech.org netcast network. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Social Media Addicts Podcast for the, end of the podcast for a second there. And while I make a mistake, Jody's getting licked by a dog. Literally. I am. I know. Is it Ruger or Joel? That's Joel. Ruger would be biting. All right, Joel, you're interrupting a podcast. <laughs> She's just loving everything. Okay, Joel. Okay, so we have some, some cool things that happened this week, Seth. Before we do that, we also want to announce that we are on Patreon, which is a place where you can fund our show and help us you know, make sure everything works correctly. You can go to patreon.com slash org. All one word. Sorry, Joel is so gorgeous that she's distracting me. <laughs> and she's a champion. Yeah, yes. dog bombed. We've been dog bombed. That's the tale of the show. <laughs> hey, that might get us better ratings. Dog bombed. There we go. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Oh, so don't distract everyone else. Switch over on my ugly mug. So anyhow, we have some great stories this week. Um, first story being that Facebook has moved into the dark web. They're now available through the Tor network, which is the alternate universe in the web, pretty much. What? Explain what that means. Tor network is. Well, you know, have you heard of the Onion Router? What no. Tor is is that it's a way to anonymize your traffic, so that you know authoritarian regimes and if you want to stay anonymous online, you use Tor to stay anonymous online. Okay, so how does that impact Facebook? Facebook is now being able to be able to be used via the Tor network. Whereas before you can you wouldn't be able to use Facebook without they're not tracking you going into Facebook. Once you're in Facebook, you're fair game. But once getting into Facebook and logging in, they're they're anonymizing the login so that so that you can get in there and you're not saying you're from China or you're from wherever. So what's the advantage or disadvantage of doing that? What it does is it, it enables it enables people that you know, are trying to stay anonymous to come into Facebook and be not anonymous. I asked him, not totally sure I would actually invite our esteemed audience to explain this more fully to us because the idea is that Facebook wants to reach people in China and in other areas of the world that they're, that they're blocked. And in order to do that, they need to make sure that they're available on the Tor network so that they, people can go in there and log in and avoid the Great Firewall of China. At least that's how I understand it. I well, think it's completely wrong. Do you think that it makes things better because it allows people from third countries or, or not even third, but like China or somewhere where maybe they weren't able to connect, um, they're now able to connect? Or do you think it adds another layer of I don't know, whatever the opposite of security is, which isn't necessarily insecurity, but it, it, it is, do you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's interest, interesting. I love to hear what everyone else thinks about it because I think it's a good thing that they're, that they're trying to do something positive for once, but whether or not it ends up being positive, I'm not sure. So. And, you know, Seth, Facebook has a lot of issues, okay? You know, we, we talk about the security or yeah. lack thereof, um, the fact that people can log on from all different places. And you know, a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, a month ago, um, started hearing all of this 
bubbling up about um, a new social network. And once again, it was one of these things you had to be invited to called... We all rushed to give invites to it, yeah. Yeah, and everybody was, was, you know, kind of jostling around. It's like, oh, are you on Ello and you are on Ello? Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I couldn't be more underwhelmed. <laughs> what do you think? I was on it for three days and I loved it because and then, and then I was like, all right, I'm over it. You loved it? I never, I never. I liked it because I was able to access people that I that I didn't have access to before. Like who? Like well, actually no. Come to think of it, I had access to all of them on Facebook. Come to think of it. <laughs> I you know I was I'm, about to say like someone like Robert Scoble, but we're, I'm friends with Robert Scoble on Facebook. I, I just I. It was new. It was a new shiny object, is what it was. It was a new shiny object, and it's kind of funny because, um, especially Scoble, I think when somebody says, you know, somebody that you respect and you appreciate and admire their opinion, that this is like the next best sliced bread, you know, or, or the, the new mousetrap or whatever, I think there's a, a rush of, of um, adoption. And yeah. honestly, um, I used Elo for about a day, and that was enough. It it totally was not. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, it was. It was not intuitive. Um, I didn't feel that I was really able to communicate or connect. I wasn't sure who was talking or how I was talking or, you know, how how you show up or how to find people even. Yeah, it was, and it, it was half baked from the get go. It just was a cluster. Yeah, cluster beep. Yeah, and speaking about um, too much hype. Um, another um, opportunity that came down the pike this past you know week or so was this Google Inbox, which was supposed to be like the best thing since sliced bread. I don't think it's the best thing since, since sliced bread, but I actually like it. I use it. Okay, tell me what you like about it. I like that it, grew, it actually surfaces stuff that I would not normally find in my inbox. I mean, keep in mind one thing I don't like about it is that it's only for Gmail, you know, vanilla Gmail accounts. I have run two apps accounts. One for my business and one for my personal use. And honestly, I would love to use it for those, but I can't because they only release it to vanilla. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's like I pay you $50 a year twice. So I pay you $100 a year for two apps accounts. What the f? And you what? can't even use you can't even use the inbox. I um I have. I like it, but I don't use it that often. And that's another thing where you had to get an invite. And um, I think I got like. Three, but two of them didn't work. So I sent you one. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know which one. I think um, Dolly was the one who actually sent me the one that worked, because um, yeah, over in Scotland. Hi, Dolly. Hi, Dolly. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah, she was kind enough to send it over, but for some reason, I got two of them. I got one from you, I think, and I got one from Brad, and neither of them worked, but the one from Dolly did. So go figure, girl power. Yay. Um, so yeah, so I did finally get onto Inbox, and I agree with you. I think it does point out stuff that perhaps you would have missed because it sorts it for you, but I find myself resorting to looking at the Inbox as well to see the things that I don't see in Inbox. So maybe it's just a symptom of sorting that makes things show up, but I'm used to the old way. Yeah, I like the old way, but I mean, I'm willing to try a new way if I have to, you know. I'm willing to try it, you know, and I would like to try it with the actual account that I use. And I don't get why Google always releases it to Gmail users, the people that don't pay them for anything, and not the people that are paying for it. 
Now I'm thinking that it's possibly because of you know admin rights and you know and and different kind of um, laws and I don't know. I don't know why it's that for apps. I mean maybe businesses privacy policies and stuff that they don't want you know but don't give us an option to turn on turn it off. I don't understand why it's not allowed by you know default. And they blame it on the user. They blame it on the they blame it on the administrator saying your admin has not turned it on yet. Yes. Yeah, fundamentally, Seth, would you recommend it to someone who doesn't have it yet? Yeah, I would say give it a whirl. I mean, if you, especially if you use your vanilla Gmail for everything, by all yeah. means, use it. Try it. Go for it. I think it's awesome. I think it's a neat concept. I think it's a combination between Waze, not Waze, Wave, <laughs> the way Wave used to be. Wave, yes. Remember Wave? Feeling my thunder. <laughs> uh, wave and um, between Wave and um, the Gmail inbox. I think it's nice to see them try and tackle the mess that is email. I mean, Gmail kind of fixed it a little bit, but then, you know, it's not quite that good. So, who knows? So, anyhow. So, what's yeah. This about Apple? What's this about Apple, of course, having a huge iPhone 6 Plus recall? I just, I just got that huge, huge iPhone Plus. Ha ha. Wait, you know, you know what's funny is that... Um, it seems like social media fuels all of this like love and hate relationship that we have with so many companies, with, with Apple, with Google Glass. This week, the, the big love-hate relationship is with the new iPhone 6. Evidently, beyond the iPhone 6 plus bending, does it or doesn't it? You know, well, if you bend anything hard enough, it's going to bend. I mean, like, if you've seen these videos, I mean, I mean, I'm not a total Apple lover, but let's just put, go on the record as this. If you go, if you go like this, <laughs> and it's big enough, and you get enough leverage on it, it's going to break. If I, if I put, if I put my, my Motorola X in a vise, you get enough <laughs> leverage on it, it's going to bend. Well, it, no, but stuff it was, bends. It was more than the bending. Okay, there was the bending, and then there was the beard gate, where supposedly it like pulled on your your hair and your face. Then there was also the one that exploded. Well, now there's like... Everything whole... explodes. Everything explodes. If you put it under extreme heat, it's going to explode. Well, no, it exploded because somebody was in a rickshaw and they got bounced and the phone hit against something and it... it, it I don't know. It was really the battery that exploded. But anyway... Um, Oops. If you own the iPhone 6 Plus with 128 gigabytes of storage, you might have noticed that it sometimes crashes and reboots. Um, as a result of how it handles data... The flash storage and its controller I1C component may ultimately have issues when there are loads of applications stored on the larger format iPhone 6 Plus. Um, the problem is that while it can store more data, it's also slower and less stable than other options that were available, and that might be one reason why the iPhone 6 Plus with 128 gigs of storage crashes. Um, it's possible Apple might be able to work through this, um, not sure, but the, the question I guess is, and, and it's kind of like an interesting um, thing to watch, so as all of this information or disinformation about the iPhone 6 starts to bubble through social media, if you, if you correlate it to what's happening with stock values, you can see very clearly the power of social media and how it's impacting people's perception of, of a product. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's Apple and people, you know, they've had Antenna Gate, they've had Beard, Beard Gate, <laughs> they've had Ben Gate, now they have 
They've exploding battery gate, and now that, what's this one? What's one with it again? They have flash memory gate. I don't know the iPhone six plus recall. Do you have an iPhone six, Shreddy? No, you know it's kind of funny, Seth. I have to share with you. Um, when Apple went to a larger format with the five, I was really reluctant because I like a smaller phone. And finally, I went to a 5S, and I'm, I'm I've got that same reluctance right now. I mean, I my, my one of my friends has the six, and I held my 5S next to her six, and the six just looks awkward. And I know some people want to like a big phone. phone. Some people like a larger phone. I've got an iPad. Um, I really don't want a phablet. Um, if they come out with a, a watch that has a phone integrated into it, I will be one happy camper because I would like a little tiny thing on my wrist. Dick, Dick Tracy. Yeah, Dick Tracy. I mean, seriously? Hello? Is anybody... I actually can do that with Google Hangouts. I've picked up many a phone calls on my tablet because oh. Google Hangouts rings. But it's a speakerphone, so I just hold it and I talk into it. So. Well, I, I have to admit, though, the new operating system the 8.1 that integrates all of your devices. It's 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 cool and it's weird at the same time. I'll mm -hmm. be sitting somewhere and my iPad will be next to me and all of a sudden it starts ringing like a phone. I'm like, what the heck is that? Oh, it's <laughs> so weird. And that's, that's what happens with Google and Hangouts. If you use Hangouts at all, you're on Android. Like I'll, I'll, my literally my computer will ring. Yeah. My phone will ring. My my <laughs> landline will ring. My tablet will ring. And it's all <laughs> next to me. So it's like it's like, like I'm like in you know, a Pink Floyd album. And it, like phone, my, my I'm phone. Like I'm like saw money. Ring, 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 ring. That alarm clock's going off. <laughs> it's like, oh my uh, god! Like seriously, like okay, I'll pick up the phone. And you, you cancel one of them, it still goes off on all the others. And you have to run around canceling all these phones. It's it's a neat concept, but not when they're all right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> so Seth, is it time for a sponsor break? Yes, we have a sponsor. Today's show is probably why I read the ad copy because it's the first time we've had a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by Wistia. Wistia is a, is a video hosting and analytics platform that helps businesses get the most out of online video. We use Wistia here at affiliatech.org because it's way more professional than YouTube, and the data Wistia provides helps us understand exactly how our content is being consumed. Best of all, Wistia has a ton of free resources on their website to help those of us who are getting, just getting started with video. They have tutorials on lighting, editing, choosing the right microphone, and an entire community dedicated to helping each other improve their videos. And, and did I mention, they have a free version with the, of their service that can help them hold up to 50 videos. Go check them out at Wistia, W-I-S-T-I-A.com. The product is awesome, and learning resource, and the learning resources are super, super helpful. Super helpful. <laughs> super helpful. And, and most importantly, the team over there is, are, is fully... It, there is fully. <laughs> They've got a lot of genuinely good folks. They're great people over at Wistia. Wow. That was a... All right, sorry guys, but I thought I tried. Wistia's great. We're using them. Yeah. For all of our, our video hosting, and they're really great people over there. I met them over at the Ascend conference that eWeber put on, and you know they were great people. They were doing videos over there and showing their tools. And I said, Hey, you want to sponsor our podcast? And they're like, Sure, we'd love to. So. Thank you for being the first sponsors of our podcast network. So. Thank you, Wistia, W-I-S-T-I-A dot com. Yep. <laughs> I'm double checking my reading the echo yet. And if you sign up, you can sign up for any and get hosting for 50 videos. Okay. For free, which is, which is which, if you think about it, 50 videos is a lot. It is a lot. It's a half a hundred. Check out Wistia and tell them that uh, phillytech.org sent you. 
Yeah, tell them, you know, tell them at Wistia that Philitech underscore org. <laughs> I'll forget it. No, anyhow. we sent you. Just tell them, tell them Jody sent you. <laughs> Jody or Seth sent you, exactly. But anyhow, what's this? Dropbox yeah. is teaming up with Microsoft, and Microsoft yeah. is teaming up with Dropbox. Isn't that goofy? Um, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like the war of um, who's going to give you the best deal on storage and how much storage they're going to give you. It's getting so cheap. Well, Microsoft and Dropbox today announced a partnership that's going to see Dropbox better support Microsoft's Office Suite cool. and have the Office Suite integrate into the product stack of the storage firm. The news comes after Dropbox, or oh, I'm sorry, after Box, another enterprise-facing storage firm integrated with Office 365, Microsoft's Office as a Service solution, and OneDrive improved its product mix with unlimited storage. Unlimited storage on OneDrive, isn't that incredible? Oh, there's a caveat. It's, it's unlimited storage for Office documents. It's not unlimited storage to put all your cruft up there. It's just for Office stuff. And that's that's a, a, an important um, clarification. Thanks. Yes, um, it's still it's a lot of space. This, this Microsoft um, Dropbox deal has four main parts. So quickly, quickly editing your Office Docs from the Dropbox mobile app. You oh, can nice. access Dropbox Docs from Office apps. You can share Dropbox links of Office apps. And the creation of first-party Dropbox apps for Microsoft's mobile offerings. So, it's late. We're allowed to stumble a little bit. Yes, it's true. It's true. So, I mean, kind of interesting. I think um, one of the things that, that I like about this is that it integrates so it's easier to get your stuff out of Dropbox or, or integrate through Dropbox. But I wonder how much of this is, um, you know, Apple, when they introduced the new operating system, um, they gave free versions of Pages. And Pages now is cloud-based, and so is uh, Numbers, which is obviously the Apple version of Word and um Excel. Excel, correct. So I wonder how much of this is kind of like um, software as a service version to compete. Don't know. Who knows? I mean, I think it's a neat concept. I feel like there's gonna be a lot more of these these, these team ups in the future. So it's kind of neat to see. So it is cool. Ruger, Ruger's here now. So yeah, Bel Belgian Mal Malinese, right? Malinois. Alan Wass, excuse me. What's going on with um, Snapchat? I'm not a Snapchat user, I have to tell you. Well, are you a Snap are you a Snapchat user? No, I don't like it. Um, I'm on it, but I never use it. I have no use reason to use it. But anyhow, apparently Snapchat is trying to monetize and they're gonna start putting ads in your Snapchat. So you're gonna get these random ads from people that are gonna be random sent to you. I mean, is it the end of Snapchat as we know it? Possibly, I guess. I don't know. It's what do you think, Jody? You get attacked by your dog. Here's the, here's the thing. Um, Snapchat has been utilized in 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 my opinion in ways that are not the best, and that's pretty lightly. Yeah, and and I guess I just never got into the platform because of that. I know my daughter uses it, which. I don't know whether to be upset about it or not, but um, fundamentally, if it went away because there's advertising, it would not be a loss to me. If, if anything, as a mother, it would put your, your mind at ease. Sorry, Snapchat. <laughs> uh, let's move along here. Um, so we have a question of the week. I found this on Reddit. I was just browsing Reddit. Re Re Rabbit. Rabbit. 
Reddit. Good speak to it. Reddit. <laughs> Reddit. I was about rabbit or rabid. Okay. I was, I was doing Reddit today, the other day, and there's gonna be a link in the show notes. Um, what if every social media site went down for a week? What what would we do? Panic. What's that? <laughs> Panic. Call nine one one. That's what I think a lot of people said they were gonna do. One of the top posts said, "We've done stuff like we've had stuff. We lived before all this stuff. We yeah. could survive." I I agree. What do you think, Jody? <sighs> wow. Um, no Twitter, no Facebook, no Google Plus, no Hangouts. I think, it would, honestly, I think it would be a little refreshing. And I, I have to tell you, like, every now and then I think you need to go on a little bit of a hiatus and connect with real people and actually pick up the phone for real-time voice chat and, you know, get... Real-time voice chat. Wow, yeah, you get a phone call? Step away, from, step away from the computer. You know, put your, your phone down and actually... <laughs> Talk to the person. A real time feed, a voice chat, me, like in person. And I wonder, you know, it'd be interesting, like kind of like theoretically, if there was, you know, something that happened. But I wonder, you know, we also use social media for some very important purposes, okay? So emergency communications, yes. crowdsourcing information for the mm -hmm. media. So there are some positive things that, that come from it as well. You know, disseminating information quickly during an emergency, right? So, I mean, there's other ways we can get the word out, but um, I know that if I was in the middle of a power outage in the middle of a snowstorm, um, I found social media to be incredibly comforting to reach out to my neighbors so that you know we could keep track of each other and you know, you know, make sure everybody was okay. Oh, absolutely, I think I think social media has its benefits, but could you live with it? For Live without it for a week. You know, I think, like Would I said, you do Aruba with, and you didn't have an international plan. Would you be able, Would you be able to survive? I think it would be refreshing. I think it would be a healthy, be a healthy action. Well, there you go. All right, this is one of the picks of the week. Week. I have. I have. Well, I'm repeating myself. I'm repeating myself. I can hear myself, Jerry. I can hear myself, Jerry. I can't hear you. I mean, I can hear you, but I can't hear you hearing yourself. <laughs> Wow, thanks. Wow, thanks. <laughs> I, I mean, I can hear you oh, boy, from that listening. Oh, <laughs> I'm, hearing, I'm literally hearing myself, Chatty. I'm literally hearing myself, Chatty. Do you want me to do my pick of the week and you can try to troubleshoot it? It's probably on your side. But anyhow, my pick of the week is who's going to be UI design. UI design. Wow. And explain what UI means. Okay, okay. What is it? What is UI? Is that a user interface? Yes, user interface. They yes. redid it and they added white space. And it's white space. And it's brilliant. Because they added white space, it's better. Yeah, because you can actually—it's it, less yeah, cluttered. It's less cluttered. Okay. I love it. I think it's great. Right. Check it out. Okay, I, I use Hootsuite as well. Yeah. Um, I like the new one. My I mean, pick you, of... you a little pop-up cam to try out the beta, and the beta is awesome. <laughs> okay. And Sierra Foundation's surveillance self-defense website. It's pretty neat, well-designed, and shows you how to kind of stay secure online and stay out of the NSA's prying eyes. Interesting. Oh, you're being a pain. And then, Jeremy, what's your pick of the week? Um, okay, well, this is an oldie but a goodie, and, and the reason um, this is kind of like our inaugural show even though it's episode nine, but um, 
one of my favorite apps of all time, and that's why I'm sharing it on the show. And that is, I know, right? Trumpets, please. Drum roll. Um, that, that is Waze, W-A-Z-E. It's an interesting app. I, I call it a crowdsourced GPS. Um, the reason I like it, it integrates now with Google Maps. When Waze was initially founded, um, it was a small company, I believe, out of Israel, and they were purchased Well, that's same thing. <laughs> City within Israel. Um, in any case, um, they were purchased by Google, and it now integrates with, with Google Maps, and it is GPS, and it helps you navigate from one place to another, but it also is crowdsourced. So what that means is that everybody who is using the app reports information whether there's an accident ahead, there's a traffic jam, um, whether there's um, a car that's stalled on the side of the road, you know, a police you know, um, trap coming up or, or anything like that. So what I really enjoy, I use it when I go back and forth to work every day, and um, what I find is that for the most part it takes me a certain route, but periodically route me a different way. And Typically, it does that because there's something that's going on, and I have saved hours of my life. Thank you, thank you, Waze. Oh, yeah. I know, right? The angels start singing. <laughs> so I know you use it too, right, Seth? I love it. I use it as my my radar gun. Yeah. So if you if you do no other thing than than uh, I just leave it on and it warns me to cops. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Not that I yeah. speed. Well, none of us speed. No, you no. you and your um. Cobra. <laughs> No, I don't speak. But anyway, yeah, so so check it out. W-A-Z-E. I believe it's both Android and iOS. Yes, I think it might even be Blackberry. <gasps> Blackberry. The forgotten few. So Don't hold me from that. That's, that's kind of our stories for the week, huh, Seth? Yes, nice, nice quick episode. Um, we record this. We're going to record this every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I apologize for people in, in, in England. It's really late at night. Sorry. You can listen to it later. Later. We record it whenever you want. It's a podcast. Exactly. On demand. <laughs> we'll figure out this, this bad echo that we have here. I think Jerry's Jerry is too loud. I am too loud. No, your speakers, your speakers, Jerry. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I mean reverb. Anyhow, that's a podcast. Please bear with us as we launch the network. Please check out Westia and find us over patreoncom work. And, and throw some money and money and more we'll podcasts. So that was <laughs> And thank you, Seth, for um, reinitiating this. And um, it's, it's great to catch up with you and get your insights and all this stuff. And we'll we'll uh, check back next week. See you next week. Time, next week. Same bat channel. Yes. Bye. 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 Bye.